This is it, people. This is what you've been waiting for. This is Everyday Celebrity Podcast. The podcast for everyday people with everyday problems trying to find everyday solutions to accomplish everyday goals. Let's start the show. You, 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 welcome to another episode of Everyday Celebrity Podcast, number one podcast in Oakland, number one podcast in the Bay Area. Today we have a special guest in the building, traveled far and wide, over 5,000 miles to be here. He is one of the fewest Pan-Africans <laughs> in Oakland. A recent graduate with an engineering degree, Vincent Yagazir. Yagazoo. Yagazir. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, man. How how's your uh, how's your night going? Oh, pretty good. Um, I've been looking forward to this interview. Just uh, you know, to get to have. Uh, yeah, this I'm, is. A- I'm I'm a good fan of the. Celebrity podcast. This is a yeah. This is a very popular uh, podcast, man. I'm number three in Nigeria right now. Really? Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. So let's talk about your uh, your origin story. Um, where are you from? Okay. Um. Uh, I was born in Nigeria. I like to use I was born in Nigeria, and uh, I'm Igbo. <laughs> Nigeria has so many tribes, but you know the major tribes: Hausa, Igbo, Yoruba. Uh, I'm Igbo. Igbo is your tribe. Yes, it's called Igbo. Igbo, yes. Okay. Uh, I was born in Igbo State. Mm. Yeah. What? Uh, I mean, Africa has like, like over, I think, like five thousand languages because you can be in one tribe, and then six miles away, there's another tribe that speaks a whole another language. Yeah, did uh, you guys have your own language? Yes, yes, yes. It's uh, it's amazing the amount of languages. You see, Nigeria alone, I think, has about three hundred languages, and just Nigeria alone. Yes, yes. It's. I think I I keep wondering how you know it was possible that if you, okay, among the Igbo tribe, there's the Quere people, there's the you know there's different tribes within that tribe that speak different dialects. Mm. Uh, So, but Igbo. Hausa, like if you go to Hausa, they have also different dialects that different languages mm. that you know from you know people speak. So, what was the name of your language? It's still Igbo language. It's called Igbo. The name of the tribe is called Igbo. The language itself is called Igbo. Mm. Yeah, that's one. You know, how big was your tribe? It's it's a big tribe. Like, uh, although a lot of people have begun to deny that they are not Igbos, but it's it's basically. You're gonna say if you divide Nigeria into four places, uh, one part of Nigeria it's Igbo. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they got their saying. own little whole yeah. section. Yes, we do have our own little mm. section. Um, what year were you born? I was born sixty-two. <laughs> <laughs> you had to think about that, nigga. <laughs> do you know Nigeria? That's where uh, the modern day calendar was uh, created. Well, it's there's a story about Nigeria that Nigeria is the first, is the Igbo community is the first civilized community on Earth. That's mm-hmm. where you know, like, 
like most things that you know come out from Africa, like time, mm-hmm. um, you know, like l- literature, you know, everything comes from Africa. Literally, that's what I'll say. Everything comes from Africa. So, uh, the first actually democratic society where women were included in society, like in forms of society, information of society, was the Igbo community. Uh, yeah. So you were born in the sixties. Um, you have brothers and sisters. Yes, I have. Uh, I have five brothers and one sister. All of you guys have the same parents. Yes. Yeah, we grew up in a we grew up in a nuclear family. Uh, something I couldn't, you know, successfully give to my kids. You know. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. How was uh? I mean, what when you were growing up? Uh, you know how America, like black families, have the fathers hardly never there or not there. Period. Right? How what, was? Did you have your father growing up with you in the yes. house? Actually, I tried so hard to emulate my father. He was a gentleman. He mm-hmm. came home every night. Um, uh, every night I woke up, I saw my dad, except when he's out of town for trips. But you know, whenever he's in town. I saw my dad every night. He wakes up for breakfast every morning. Mm. What did your father do for a living? Um, my father had, he worked for an insurance company. Uh, he sold most insurance. It was a good insurance policy. Then they had insurance companies that were doing a British American insurance company. My mm. dad worked for them. Mm-hmm. And your mother was just a stay-at-home mother? No, my mom was a, t- she's a she was a principal to a college. Um, she, she, she was, she taught in school. She's an educationist. She mm. spent uh, most of her life teaching and uh, in colleges. Mm. So education was instilled in you from a young age. Like your parents were like, yo, you need to go to college when you grow up. Yes. Yes. Uh, there are stories. I was not always a good student. Uh, I was very intelligent, but I didn't like to study. And mm. so. I went to medical school and I couldn't finish medical school. So it caused a lot of friction for me and my mom because my mom was just like, she can't believe it. that You can't, you know, like my dad kept asking me, what's wrong with you? Why would you finish medical school? Mm. And so this caused a lot of friction between me and my parents. So education is important in our culture. Most Igbo parents would tell their kids, is either you're a doctor, you're an engineer, or you're a lawyer. This is the way they, the, it's, it's, it's so, you're, as a child, uh, as an Igbo child, you're pushed so hard to, uh, su- to, to, to go to school and succeed. Why is it only those three careers that most African parents want their kids to be? Doctors, lawyers, or what the fuck was the other one? <laughs> well, <laughs> engineering. Engineering. Let me just tell you one thing. I think that, the African societies are so, it's all about money. What profession makes more money? So if you're an engineer, most likely you're going to be rich. If you're a lawyer, most likely you're going to be rich. If you're a doctor, you're definitely going to be rich. So this is why African societies, it's all about money. Well, I think they have, they have, uh, they're naive and they have the illusion because uh, everyone knows like doctors, they don't make that much money. <laughs> doctors, just because you're a doctor, that doesn't mean you're automatically going to be rich. Um, I mean, if you have, if you're a, like a certain type of doctor, like the average doctor, like mm. these niggas in Kaiser and all that shit, these niggas ain't rich. 
No, in, in American society, in American society, there's, there's, you know, there's kind of control how much money he can make. Mm. Unlike African societies, he can, he can have as many hospitals as he's going, and he can practice all kind of malpractices that nobody cares, ask him anything. Mm-hmm. And he, so he just keeps making money and getting rich. But in, in this society, they are not exactly poor, but he can't, you, the, in short, what, what really sells in this society is the arts. Let's face it. It's mm. music, movies. This, so people are more likely to gravitate towards that than yeah. education, like studying math. If you're telling a bunch of kids who are busy rapping music, try their goal is to get rich. You're not going to tell them to study math. What is he going to study math for? Mm. So education is not going to be their line. If they're chasing money, it's not education. Definitely, mm. that's what's the difference. What is uh, what are what is the school system in Nigeria like? Because you know, in America, right? You have kindergarten, like people start school at like five and that's kindergarten and then elementary school and then you got middle school and then high school. So it's different levels. Mm-hmm. Is it the same in Nigeria? Yeah, it's almost the same thing. It's, uh, but it's it's just that first I go to kindergarten, that's what to call nursery schools in Nigeria. Then nursery that, schools? Yeah, we call them nursery schools. Mm. Then after that, you go to like primary school, which is about six years. So, but you know that Comparing that to an American system, you see what's called like junior and senior. So you have three years of junior and three years of senior. So we just combine it six years and senior. Then you go from there, you go straight to college. And college, you do four years, depends on what you're studying. If you're studying medicine, you probably do like six, eight years mm. and to specialize in medical school or, you know, whatever, engineering, five years and all those programs. What do your siblings do? Uh, my uh, immediate, I have my immediate younger brother. He's an engineer too. He studied electrical engineering, but he's a preacher. He does not. He's he just forgot his profession. He's he's a preacher. He believes in God and he preaches the word of God. Um, the one after that, he's a businessman. Kenny does a lot of import and export, mostly cars, contracts. When Nigerians tell you they're businessmen, that means they're doing everything. Whatever makes money, he's gonna go into it. Um, the third one, he too is a preacher, but now where. We're developing. We're, tra- we're 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 developing a company called a company called Sagoso Worldwide Limited, Ghana Limited. We're interested in agriculture and machines and how to build companies that will turn raw materials into finished products in Africa. Mm. So that's what we're doing, me and my brother. And then the last one, he's uh he's a uh, he's into construction. He's building houses and painting it. My sister, I only have one sister. She's a banker. Uh, she's manager to one of the banks, uh, Eastern Section. Uh, and my last one, that one, right now he's at home. <laughs> he's not doing much. <laughs> Are they all in Africa still? Yeah, everybody's in Africa. Everybody's in Africa. Yeah, so I try to convince some of them, one or one or two of them, to come and spend some time with me here. But they're all content being in Africa. Mm. Your parents still alive, both of them? Yeah, my mom is there. My great mom. I love her very much. Um, my mom is there. Um, I talk to her sometimes. Uh, I do love my mom. She's she's a great mom. Yeah. So after you finished uh, school, right? Mm. Did you start college in Africa, or did you? Start yes, I finished. I studied agriculture, one of the great schools in Africa, mm. um, University of Nigeria and Soccer. I studied agriculture, specialized in food science and technology. Mm. Then uh, uh, did did some uh, manufacturing my family we've always been about manufacturing making stuff so like went into business doing some manufacturing but 
um, somehow I found it really difficult breaking out. So at some point I was like, some of the products I was seeing coming from abroad, you know, and I decided I'll just travel so I can get more experience. And one day I just left. So you said you were in medical school. Mm-hmm. Were you in medical school in Africa? Yes, I was in medical school in Africa. I went to, when I was 16 years old, I was already in a school called uh, Ibu Zaire. Mm. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't. Why did you make the transition from medical school to engineering? I got kicked out. You got kicked out of medical school? Yes. For doing what? Because uh, I wasn't focused. Uh, I was busy doing everything except studying. Uh, What's everything? Fucking with the bitches? <laughs> with a lot of bitches, smoking weed. Just being young. And uh, I was pretty young. And so, and when I was growing up, I grew up in, I have no excuse. Hmm? I have no excuse for what happened during that period. But um, I was young one. And then the way I, was, I grew up, I grew up in like various exclusive, like, walled around houses went to boarding house where it was walled around when school is over you get picked up by your parents they take me straight back in the house so the first time i got into college that was the first time i ever saw other humans feeling free were you a virgin when you went to college no i wasn't okay did you grow up religious were your parents religious? No, my parents were particularly not religious. My mom didn't pray a lot. My dad didn't pray. Um, uh, none of them. Mm. Mm. So no. they, they didn't. They didn't get bamboozled and and sucked into the phony Christianity. No, they didn't. I was surprised. It should concentrate. That it should. The religion became very, very like, you know, just very rampant in African cultures recently. I, at the time when I was growing up. It wasn't this. We only went to Christian churches like Pentecostal churches. My mom was a Catholic, but she particularly wasn't interested in Catholic because my dad was a Pentecostal. So my mom came over from Catholicism to uh, to a different church. So she never went back there. And my dad doesn't go to church that much. He was he liked to farm. On Sundays, he'll go to a farm because he had people working for him in a farm. So he just went there and mm-hmm. hung out with them. Mm-hmm. So we never really did religious stuff. What was... Uh I mean, when when you were in college in Africa, what was it like? So, mm-hmm. Like parties and shit? It was, uh, college in Africa was a, a lot of fun. Were there uh, foreigners there? Yes, because my school, there, we had a lot of exchange students from Colgate in University of Nigeria. It's okay. uh, we had, but at that point, at a period when I was in college, there was a lot of, that was the period when we had fraternities. Like, you know, we had all kind of fraternities that were, so we grew up in the fraternity era when, you know, we used to go to school carrying briefcases, wearing white shirts and bow ties and, mm. you know, fraternizing. Fraternizing was, you know, it was, we was we went to parties with friends and, you know, we did all kind of fun stuff, you know, mostly, mm. you know, and we traveled from college to college, just have parties and have fun. Mm. So I wasn't focused in school most of the time. What were the... What were the women like in Africa? <laughs> I mean, when I say when I say what, what were they like? Because you know, out here, you have hoes, bitches who carry themselves not respect in a not in a negative way. And then when you think of Africa, you think of women who are covered up 
not walking around with their tits and ass out who, who walk around with their with their face up like pride you know what i'm saying i think i believe that it's a different it's a matter of different periods mm. because if you ask someone who went to who's like who was born like who went to college in the time i went for here you see that it's then it was mild we met girls we are more a little more responsible they thought about being married you understand they thought about their goal was to get married they lived that kind of lifestyle to you know like people were more responsible people were people were more responsible you know what i mean yeah so but now it's just different era that's why the girls are not girls are not thinking about getting married if even if they are thinking about getting married there's they have all kind of rules and you have so they basically they just want to be hoes mm. They're talking about their money. They want the money fix. Then girls don't. Are you, you talking know. about girls in Africa? No, girls. I'm talking about now. It's just it's the same thing everywhere now. Oh, okay. But when we went to college, we were talking about being classy. Girls, mm-hmm. the colleges I went to because I went to some really fine schools out there. Now it's it's not easy to go to University of Nigeria. It's okay, you know. It's it, 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 like here you have to take like national exams to pass. Then well, it, depending on your grade, then schools will start to invite you. So I went to the University of Nigeria and so got, yeah, you know, it, they're all about schooling. They're all about passing your classes. It's it's very serious. Yeah. So there's no time for, you can't just hoe, around, hoe yourself around and then graduate. No, it's not going to happen. Mm. That's the difference. Mm. Mm. Um, the lifestyle in Africa or in Nigeria specifically, mm. um, everyone, a lot of people uh, are don't know right they watch tv they see the little nigga on on tv with the fly in his mouth begging for food they think people are living in huts i mean i know that's not true but there's a lot of dumb people who think that africa is is not a um um a modern country i mean a, a modern place right tell the people what your country was like well I think that uh, I, I I believe that you know because the media the I want to look at everything that happens in that every picture that you see of Africa is a representative of like I want to look at it from the neocolonialism side of it. They try to show you a lot of and I want to say that I want to say I want to you know be categorically clear that governments of this country is like maybe American government, European government might not be involved with this kind of picture of media that you're showing. But it's just a group of people who are trying to raise money. It's all of, you know, like all this, you know, like they, they say they show you pictures of people like who flies. Those are people who live in the country. Yeah. If you go to any ghetto here in, uh, in the United States, you're going to see people who are, who are like, you're going to see more people lying on the streets with flies all over their face. So people are somebody, somebody who lives in the countryside, his life is not actually full of wants because he's happy where he is. He can grow food off the farm. He eats food, better food off the farms. The food is fresh. You go over there and take pictures of him. Then you have this picture of him being in one so you can raise money and then take, okay, you raise a million dollars, but you take $800,000 and you spend $200,000 there just to continue to take pictures. And so those are just, the, the, the picture is deceptive. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm. That's not Africa. Mm. We grew up in very modern societies where there's streets, organized societies, where there's, uh, there's streets, there's hospitals, you know, just like anywhere else. You know, so there's poverty, 
and there's middle class too, and there's very super rich people in Africa. Mm. And so the picture that you see, I, I suggest that anybody who, everybody, uh, because Africa is the only place that we can build a modern society. Mm. A society that is, that is devoid of extreme um, um, racism, extreme, all kind of extremes, because Africans are welcoming, Africans are kind people. Yeah. And so, um, that's why it's possible that people can just go over there and take advantage of them so many times. How, uh, when you were growing up, uh, was there anything political going on? Yes, there's always political issues. There's always, you know, politics is engraved in all societies. There'll be those already leading and those trying to take over from them. So there'll always be politics. Mm. So there was. I'm uh, talking about wars, nigga, like civil wars and shit. No, when I was growing like up, like some Rwanda shit. Yeah, I know, I know. When I was growing up, <laughs> luckily for me, there was no wars. But my parents tell me about stories about war. When I was born during, I was born during the war, and so during this period, and I, I, you know, my parents told me how there was scarcity of food and all that stuff. Nigerian civil war is is something anyone can read about. It's not a topic I want to dive in. It gets I get very emotional talking about it mm. because my tribe was nearly exterminated by another tribe. And so uh, it's something anyone who has interest in can read about. Uh, the Biafrans were almost exterminated by by Nigerians. I mean, uh, extinct, you know, like, you know, killed all, all of them killed and starved to death by the Nigerian government. So mm. it's not something I want to talk about. But I didn't grow up in that period. But I grew up in a period where there was, you know, real prosperity and it was stable and I went to very good schools and all that good stuff. How do you uh how do you feel about I mean recently in the news a bunch of African leaders are coming together because they want to become one voice. They they don't want so you have Nigeria, you have you have the president of of Ghana, you have uh you have all these different leaders and it was uh, it was started by i believe the nigerian this young african yeah, nigerian yeah, yeah he was a nigerian he's a nigerian i think it's the president or something he's like 34 or some shit like mm-hmm. a militant motherfucker <laughs> and he's the one who started it he 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 said why can't all the leaders in africa come together and we all agree and become one voice instead of this person up up here saying something and then this person down here with a whole nother different view. You know what I'm saying? Everyone come together and have the same common goal. And now they're they're realizing which shit should have been happening is they're not they're not taking shit from uh Europe the Europeans anymore. You guys are taking all of our, our resources. Like I don't know if you know this, but France France, the whole France, their their country is powered by uh, uranium, and they get, I believe, ninety percent of their 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 uranium from Africa. They export it from Africa, and uh, I believe they export it from uh, Niger. Niger, yeah, and Niger is a poor, very poor country where they're like fighting just to feed themselves, and France. Obviously, you look at France, people with Gucci, like uh, uh, Paris and all that shit. It's a thriving place. But their whole the whole country is powered by uh, a, so, a, so, a resource that they can only get from Africa. So how is one place so wealthy and another place 
so poor. And then the Africans are finally a light bulb came in their head and said, no, fuck that. You're not going to fucking take our resources anymore. You guys are cut off. And now there's rumblings about uh, a war because uh, they can't, France can't uh, power their city, their country without yeah, Africa. Right, right. A lot of, a lot of countries are taking like diamonds. 90% of the world's diamonds come from Africa. Uh, people take sugar from Africa, coffee from Africa. There's a uh, there's a material in that's that's only found in the in the ground of Africa and every cell phone and computer needs that material. Without that material, we would we we can't have cell phones, we can't have computers, but you can only find it in Africa. China is buying up all this uh, African land with and then making these secret backdoor deals with uh some of the leaders out there so what do you how do you feel about these countries in africa africa coming together as one and being like fuck y'all we're not taking this shit no more let me just tell you like this topic is it's it's so painful that i can't almost speak do you understand this thing is painful because what is happening exactly now is the same thing that happened around the 15th century AD when Africa allowed Europe and the rest of the world to come and the trans-American trans, trans slave trade. is the same thing. It's just that the resources are different. Then the resources were human. Now the resources are minerals and other things. It's the same thing that happened. The leaders then, they sold humans. They, they virtually gave them free resources to carry away from Africa. They are doing the same thing. But let me just give, understand how difficult dealing with this issue is. Understand. Let me give you a, a brief history. Understand. The white man around the 580, the Europe, in Western, in Europe, they, they went through a period called the Dark Ages. A period between the 5th and 11th century, when, when they, they, all they knew was kill each other. There was so much chaos. There was, the, then the, the Western Roman Empire had collapsed, so there was no organized government in Europe. So what did they do? They fought wars every day. They killed each other. They developed this resilience, like, like strength. They built all kind of, you know, mass killing machines. Like, you know, so then after that, they found out that Europe couldn't contain them. So they went around the world looking for resources and trade routes. So the idea for them was not to just go and look for black people or look for other tribes to kill. They just wanted to look for resources and trade routes. Then they ran into places like America. They landed in America in places like Virginia, Massachusetts, where they started forming small, small colonies and started to colonize the whole area and started to just kill then they needed to, then sugar became a big deal. They needed people to farm bigger. Then they entered Africa and found out they can get all those humans out of Africa. And that's how they started to import slaves into America to help them farm and all parts of the world. It's just trans. It's the same thing that is happening. They had that exchange. Now we're having the same exchange. They are moving. But, but it's time. It's time that we'll stop. It's time. A lot of a lot of people, a lot of great men have worked to stop this kind of this this kind of exchange between Europe and Africa. There's been Pan African Pan Pan Africanists like people like Harry um, Sylvester Williams. 
people like uh, the Kwame Krumahs, different periods. The first Pan-African movement started in the, uh, that meeting that happened in 1900. That's early 18, I'm um, late 1800, but 1900, there was a meeting, the first meeting of Pan-Africanists. They've been trying so hard, but they fight a very strong group of humans. It's been hard. So now, there's another group of people that is trying now. There's the EFF, the um, Economic Fight, uh, Economic Freedom Fighters of Africa. But I don't believe that. One of the reasons that I believe that these movements have failed is not about just the color of your skin, you and I. We need a cause. We need something that we're going to say we're going to die for so we can sell the idea to everybody. If Whether you're black, you're brown, you know, whether you're Christian, you're Muslim, you understand that we need to protect our resources from these devourers. I want to call them devourers. We need to have a cause. Because look at it. Just let me give you, the Nazis had a cause that drove them. They wanted to kill up all, kill all the Jews. The Christians, they believe in God. But what drives them is they want to die for Jesus Christ. So we need a cause. We need a cause. We need something that we're going to say, okay, fine. This work because... And you think this is the cause? Yes, the cause we have to, listen, we have to, okay, just imagine, let me give you an example of how painful this stuff is. Just imagine a boy who was born in Niger, a black man that was born in Niger Republic. He walks, he, he just imagine, he jumps the oceans, he goes through boats. Some of the people that he travels in the boats with die in the ocean. He manages to get to Europe. Then he manages to, he survives the, the ocean travel. He gets to Europe, enters France. He's walking down the streets of France where they treat him like shit. Mm. He's walking down the street. He's, just imagine how you, you're in Europe, you're sitting down here. Mm. You're, you're, you walk around in the midst of all these people, affluence, and he's walking down the street, but he doesn't know that all the money that was built, that was used to build this place, belongs to him. Just imagine the pain. Imagine, realize the pain, the, the pain that is, if he thinks, do you know that if, if a kid walking, those kids that you see that they show you on the TV that flies on his mouth, he's, he's walking in a farm and he, he makes 50 cents. Then he puts it in a bank. Then his bank, central bank, carries that that 50 half of the 50 cents and puts it in a france bank a france central bank when they want the money back to use it then the france gives gives it back to them as a loan mm. so just just imagine the pain why is this why i think that imagine the state of mind of the african for him to allow himself how good you have to be how godlike you have to be for you to let so because that's why the Bible teaches things like if somebody slaps you on one side, you should turn the other side for another slap. <laughs> Don't you know that's the kind of thing? That's how godlike you have to be to allow somebody to steal somebody. Can you imagine somebody, somebody, some someone comes to your house? No, this is painful to think about it. Somebody comes to your house, looks at something that you're selling that is in the, the market value is two hundred dollars. Mm. Then he pays 0 0.80 cents for it all the time. All the time. Mm. What kind of, what, how can you, what, what state of mind would you be to let that happen? Well, let me, let me, let me, let me ask you this. 
why is it why is it that they were capable of of doing it like yeah. africa wait wait let me finish africa strong men strong people how why do you think uh these foreign countries were able to just walk into africa and take all of their resources without any fight Let me just tell you, it's, 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 uh, let me give you an example why I think it's so hard. Just imagine that, just imagine that these guys are able to form, they, they form good teams, what I call teams. They, they have synergy. Do you understand? They have good cohesion. So in African communities, it's easy, like, for them to buy space in our society because we don't have good, we don't, we don't have good teams. Just like, just imagine the Zionists. It took the Zionists to be able to occupy the Palestine's land. And since then, the Arabs cannot get the Palestinians a place to live. Why? Because the Zionists are so strong. Do you know how long it took the Zionists occupy most of the, even the Zionists occupying, most of the financial structures of the world now. Mm. So forming good teams, that's why I said we need courses. We need we need we need courses. We need men to there's a lot of guys. Let me, okay, let me just give you an example. In my country, Nigeria, you won't believe in that my country, we have we produce oil every day. Quantities of oil. We don't have a refinery. My my college, my university is one of the best colleges in, in Africa. He has been producing engineers since like 1960s in inspection. I can't remember when it started. Mm-hmm. So, but we can't we can't build our refineries. Why? Because some of these okay, some of these companies in the Western world would do anything to make sure that those these companies these these systems are not set up in Africa because they would rather come to Africa, collect that oil, take it back to Europe, refine it, then send it back, double jeopardy. So they make profits. They buy oil cheap. They refine it. Send it back to Europe. So now, the Western world don't want any development in Africa. Or is it because, like you said, these you you went to the best engineering college, and these niggas are graduating with top engineering degrees, but yet there's no refinery? Is it because these niggas are graduating and then they're leaving? No, that's why I told you that. They're not co- staying. They're not building in their own place. It's just like the Chinese. The Chinese send their their uh, citizens and their kids, these Chinese parents and these Japanese parents. The government sends kids to study in America, go to UC Berkeley and shit. That's why UC Berkeley has all these Asians there. They send them there to they learn science. They get science degrees, biology degrees, and engineering degrees, right? And then after they get PhDs, and uh, uh, masters, they don't stay in Berkeley. They go back to their country and build these amazing buildings that you see. And uh, uh, and when you go to, I don't know, if you go to Tokyo, nigga, you could just walk around Tokyo and just look around and see how more advanced they are with the technology than we are. I remember when I went to fucking Singapore years ago in like 2008, I went into an electronics store and I was seeing cameras and cell phones that never that haven't even made it to America yet. That's how advanced they are. Because 
those people come here for the education and then once they get the education they leave and go back to their country and then create shit that's going to benefit their country you know it's it's I'll, I'll i'll put it let me put it to you this way do you understand what i'm saying no, i understand what you're saying i understand what you're saying you see that what the 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 issue we have in my country is like I have to tell you, my country, after I have experience living here, if not the way I'm thinking now that I should go back home and help out, the place is almost, it's, it's, there's so much corruption. Because the, the kind of... That's the, another thing. Yeah, there's so much corruption. Why is there so much corruption? Because you, you, I don't, you, know, you see, if you start attributing all your problems to other people, then you're not planning to solve it. You know what I mean? But if you look at it, the way our system was run, first of all, we got independence. Then the guys wanted to, they, they want, they, they, the Western world wanted to continue to, you know, take our resources. So what did they do? They corrupt the democracy. Mm-hmm. You see, that's why you see a lot of Western African countries like the, that's why they don't like France. They're like, France needs to get out. Because even though they brought democracy to us, but they refused to let democracy thrive. So what do they do? They choose what you manufacture. Just like Niger, like France telling Niger, okay, fine. We'll have all this arable land. Let me tell you, we we'll have so much arable land. We can, Niger alone probably grow the whole food that the whole world can eat. Just imagine that the whole world has to wait for Ukraine to finish war so that they can get grains. Dude, we have so much land in Africa. In short, I know a group of farmers, like 2,000 farmers that are waiting for machineries. Just give them machines, give them tractors, and they can grow enough food to feed the whole world. Mm. So, but no. He says, no, you can't grow this. Why? Because their own farmers are already growing it. And so if you don't, if you don't agree to them, then they're going to, you're going to, sanctions. They have ways. So, Africans are saying, me personally, because democracy has never given the black man any solace. Believe me, it's true. Both the ones in diaspora and the Africans. They say democracy is the best type of government. Capitalism is the first kind of government. Capitalism is slavery. Capitalism is racism. Capitalist democracy in so many ways. And so African countries are beginning to look like they want to become masses. They're going to try Cuba. Cuba. Why did Cuba Cuba survive? Because they, they refuse democracy. Even though they are suffering because they don't have any minerals and stuff like that. So I'm not saying I do believe that I'm a liberal. I do believe that um, God is liberal. I do believe that everybody has the right to pursue happiness no matter where you're born, no, uh, no matter what color of your skin. But democracy has not delivered. So you think uh, it should go back to uh, a dictatorship? I don't believe, uh, because dictatorship can easily go wrong. But I'm just saying that democracy has not, the West has not let democracy deliver on its promises. Like all men are born equal. Mm. All men are born free. Those are the, those are the, let me tell you, like I said, those are the causes. You see the president, Biden is saying, he was talking to United Nations, he said, we will defend democracy. We will defend the right lesbians, Christian, anybody, you know, like the freedom of worship, that is what we call a cause. That's what America was about. Mm. But America, that democracy has not always delivered. 
democracy is like it's capitalism. It has not always delivered. It has always formed this group of humans. It's the same group of people. They're, they're planning to, they're exploring mass. When we can use the money to, we can use the money to make life better and comfortable for everyone on earth. There's still space. We can control climate change. We can do all these things to make life more comfortable. It's the same capitalism. It's the same democracy that build this group of guys. They, 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 they want to be exclusive. They don't want to be inclusive. Meanwhile, meanwhile, we believe in freedom. We're liberals. I believe personally that God shines his light on all humans. It doesn't matter. You're gay, you're black, you're brown, whatever color. So God is Libra. God is whatever God is. He's Libra. So, but there's a group of people democracy has produced. They want to be exclusive. They do not want inclusivity. But Africa is like the new world. Believe me, I believe that Africa is like the new world. Africa is the only place left where we can build a modern society, where all men can be free because Africans are open-minded. They are, they are, Africans are not... We are, we are not in any form. We are open. Everybody's welcome. When you go to anywhere where there are Africans, reggae groups, musicals, <laughs> everything is, everyone is invited. We are open-minded. So Africa, I just implore anyone that likes open necks, that believes that all men are born equal, believes that everyone should declare their wealth, every, that believes that everyone should declare the source of their wealth, where we can, we can root corruption. We can stop corruption. We can stop we can stop corruption in democracy. But, but you say that, but Africans don't even control their 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 countries. No, we, that, mm? <laughs> Africans don't even control their countries. I'm coming. I'm coming. Mm? You got all you got you got too much outside influence that controls Africa. So you're saying all this shit. <laughs> and the niggas ain't the niggas ain't even controlling their own country. Listen, brother, let me tell you one secret. We've been trying to control our resources far back since 1900. Yeah, different, different. Listen, different generation of men have tried. It's, it's Africa should be the 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 wealthiest continent in the world. Africa. Yes, it Af should be, but it's not. No, Africa. There's is, no reason why you should go somewhere in Africa and there's no electricity. People are still living in huts like it's the 1800s or something. There should be no reason why in nowhere in Africa should be like a third world country. Africa should be the richest country and the most powerful continent in the world. Yes, I agree with you. I agree with you. But I actually believe that we should preserve our cultures because it's 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 it has been proven that capitalism has created all kind of problems. So when I, I personally believe that we can, like there's a tribe in Africa called the Fulanese. The Fulanese, what they do is that they rear cows. Mm. And so we can, I have a feeling that we can, we can in, increase the productivity of the, the Fulanese way of farming without westernizing him. We can allow him to live in his court. We, we don't have to allow the Western way of life to break their family structures and the way they, their their culture is beautiful. We can increase we can increase their productivity of cows, meat, and stuff without destroying their society. That's the way I believe that we should the way we should go. We can find ways. And you're talking about control of our our, our resources. Yes, you and I, you 
every black man on earth should worry. Every shot, not only black people, because I believe that this course is more than is more than people with dark skins. If you're if you're a Chinese man and you don't like the the, the communist China, you should understand that Africa is the only place in the world where you're gonna enjoy. We're gonna enjoy a modern society. Well, they know that because they 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 own half of Africa, baby. Already. So if you're if you're if you're if you're let's say you're 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 a Russian and you don't like the Russian system of government, you should understand that Africa is the only place where you can live in a modern society. You can live in close to nature and you can eat natural food that is healthy. So it's up to the world to decide that, okay, fine, we need to protect Africa. Like, we need to raise a trillion dollars so we can pay off all the loans of African countries and we should get China out of Africa and begin to slowly develop Africa. Africa shouldn't have no loans. That's what I'm saying. Africa should not have no loans because everywhere else is coming into Africa stealing. So these other countries owe you owe Africa. We don't we don't owe you. You own us. You you owe us. You're coming to our country. You're stealing our resources. And you're and you've been getting away with it for uh for centuries. How come there aren't any solar farms in Africa? With all that goddamn hot sunlight. How come how come there aren't any uh uh what uh more hospitals how come like there ain't a bunch of niggas out there uh, preaching what dr sebe was with the uh, with the natural medicine all that all that all those rainforests in africa huh how come why is it that we that we can go in america to a, a house in the middle of nowhere and you can walk in that house there's running water mm-hmm. there's a well there's electricity but you go uh, to a place, a random place in the middle of nowhere in Africa. There's no electricity. Motherfuckers never seen a cell phone before. <laughs> but you have all of these resources around you. It's 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 crazy to me. There's no, no there's I'm no coming. excuse. I'm coming. One thing you have to understand is that um, all these things you're mentioning. Um. They are just, they are, they are, they are, how do I, I want to put it, like, the the guy who lives in that forest that you're, you're talking about, the guy who lives there, mm. he's actually never being touched by westernization. He lives, he's naturally very close to God. He's close to the way God created him, and he lives off the land. He doesn't eat food that is genetically modified. He lives a very good life. He's, he does not have any stress. Do you understand? He's actually healthy. He's healthier because he doesn't need any medications. Mm-hmm. He does not take any medication. So he lives a good life. What I suggest is that we modernize Africa in such a way that we don't affect that, that, that guy's lifestyle. He doesn't need light because his children doesn't really need any. He just goes to all oh, the lifestyle he lives is the one that God created for humanity. That he goes, he takes a walk into his farm. And he farms for corn. He's, he, he, the land is still very arable. It doesn't require any fertilizer. It doesn't require any. So he's able to grow his own food. And that food is natural. So he feeds it. You don't need to take so many showers every day. You don't need, he doesn't need that much. He needs water. But he gets all his water from fruits. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's actually a healthier form of human. Mm-hmm. So our goal is not to... My, that's, I'm looking at... I'm, there's, a, there's a group of guys called... A, 
economic freedom fighters of Africa. Because I believe that one of the reasons why Pan-Africanism have not succeeded is because we have not formed a good team. Because let me tell you one secret. Okay, just we're talking about how France has been exhausting the resources of Africans. Mm-hmm. It's not all French people. I think that this thing that we're talking about, a lot of French people are actually surprised to find out for themselves that imagine that our country is going to Africa and stealing all their resources. So it's a group of people. That's why I said it's a group. That's why I said that and I said that there's a team. There's a team of people that they 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 wanna they wanna explore the mass instead of fixing it's a team of people. Okay, like the, just imagine all the guys that formed America, that formed democracy. It's a group of people. Their children are still reaping the benefits of all the you know crimes. It's a group, it's a team of people. The, the, the Zionists are not all Jews. So many Jews around the world are not Zionists. You know that? There's Jews in Iran. Mm. But there's a group of guys, they are Zionists that believe that they must have an Israel that is independent. They are willing to die for it. So we need a cause. We need a bunch of humans who understand that Africa is the only place where we can find a mo- we can form a modern society. Africa is the only place that it would ad- okay. Just imagine AI is coming. So America might become inhab- uninhabitable with time in a very short period of time. Africa might be, might be the only place where there will be normalcy. <laughs> <clears throat> where we can control the effects of AI, we could just live n- close to nature. So there's 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 a need for us to wake up. There's a need for us to say we're gonna die for Africa and begin to form good teams. There's this guy called Julius Malema of South Africa. He preaches it every day that all black men are born the same. That we must protect our resources. We must. He talks about neocolonialism. Why in this modern time, between you and I, we're sitting down here, should we allow France to go to Africa and continue to take their resources for free? Why? So there's a need for us to wake up and say, we're willing. And there's a lot of guys. Let me tell you, there's a lot of guys in Africa, like this just in my country, they are, they are very smart Nigerians. They are very smart and strong men all over the world. They're there. They fight every day. They they work hard to see how we can protect the resources in Africa because the resources in Africa is enough for every black man to re- live freely and happily on earth. Mm. Nigeria just came out saying that they are allowing all black Americans to move there without a visa. Mm. And I think Ghana is another country. Uh, and Kenya, too. And Kenya. They want black Americans to take their ass to Africa and live. Open businesses, go to school, raise families. Yeah. And they're given the incentive, uh, because I believe back in the day, you had to pay a visa, which was a few, which is very expensive. But now they're offering, oh, yeah, you can go there, but all you got to do is just go there. We'll give you visa, citizenship, whatever the fuck you want. Just go. Um, This has been around for, I believe, a few years. Why do you think a lot of black Americans specifically aren't taking advantage of that? Well, I think it's the fear of the unknown. 
just like you're sitting down here, if I tell you let's move to Africa now, and considering considering all the the way you you know the education you got about Africa, you're and you know it's let me tell you one secret. When I left my country, I had never traveled before. But I was not afraid. I was not afraid. I had never left the walls of my country when I left Africa. So but I had imagined I had, I had imagined that I'm going to have a, no matter what it is, I'm going to collide with there. I'm going to survive. So a lot of Americans have never had that kind of, because I was very uncomfortable at home, uncomfortable in the sense that I had not experienced, because I, when I was at home, I had read so much. I read a lot of books. I read a lot of novels like Robert Forsyth, um, you know, The Bond Supremacies. And so I read a lot about the Western cultures and I felt that I wanted to feel that Western culture. So a lot of people, a lot of Americans, a lot of a lot of African Americans don't know what they are gonna run into when they go to Africa. And Africa is a tough place to survive if you don't have any money. If you don't have a if even for Africans, it's tough to survive there. So for someone like you, or someone like you who is so comfortable here, all of a sudden to find yourself in Africa, you talk about there's no water. You're so used to water. Do you know, you don't even know, you're so used to water running down that when you go to Africa, you only get a bucket of water to take a shower a day or well, two days. Well, I'm not moving to, uh, 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 <laughs> Africa not moving to a small <laughs> village. No, I'm not moving into a village in the middle of nowhere. No, you. of course, you'll find yourself in the city, but in the city... You can't find the affluence. You're gonna drive through potholes. Like, you, have you ever driven a car? You in can't a tell me like Johannesburg ain't modern. Like, no, jo- Johannesburg is a, is a different. Johannesburg is one African country that. That's why I talk fucking about Kenya. Like, you, you no, Kenya is great. That, what I'm saying, you're talking about some great African countries. Of course, you can go to. Johannesburg. Well, yeah, no one's gonna move. No one's gonna leave America and then. Oh, I want to leave my three story house and go to a village where. The only thing to eat is this this cricket. I'm like no, no, no. <laughs> crickets are good food. Let me just warn you. But let me tell you something. What? Let me tell you. Eh? Believe me. Believe me. What we should do? Because Africa is a place. Africa is a place that is like the new world. You know the way the Europeans left Europe and ended up in America and found out that there was gold. There's Africa is like that. Africa is like a new world. Mm. It's a place where. You and I, we can raise money here. Okay, just imagine. I swear, I know. I, we started a cooperatives. Listen to how different. I I sponsored a co- a research in Africa. I'm an engineer, you know, so I, I believe in the basic principles of optimization. I look for ways. I you know study experiments. So my brother and I will form cooperatives in Africa. We we'll go to different villages. Let's say, in, okay, example of the work we did in Ghana. We went to Ghana and we formed a cooperative for cocoa farmers. Cocoa farmers. Cocoa alone, they have pods. These pods, they, they waste them. So some Indian companies, they want to bring machines to turn these pods into bricks. And they're already going to buy up the whole pr- bricks. Let's say they tell us that if we manufacture, they estimate that if we have this, this much cocoa pods, then we're going to manufacture this much bricks. Mm. They want to buy the whole bricks. So we already sold the products, but we can't find money. We can't find money for the initial investments. We have we have thousands of farmers. They just want they want tractors. Believe what I tell you, they want tractors. They actually have land. They want tractors just so they can use it to produce food. Mm. But 
So what we need actually is to form teams, to form teams that are ready to go into Africa and take the risk. What are you doing with your money? I mean, well, it sounds like the teams are already forming. Uh, They they formed, uh, I think they combined, they came together with Russia and China to kick out the American dollar. You heard, you you heard, you read about that, right? So there's no there's no there's not going to be so trade. They're not going to have to go through uh, the American dollar anymore or the euro. So now they 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 form their own currency there. Yeah, and yeah, and I believe that um, I believe it was a power move because I think Russia is is setting him, setting himself. They're basically uh, joining forces. Like you can tell if there's if there's a world war that's going to come, you can tell who's going to be fighting with who. Africa will align themselves with Russia and China. You see, that's what against that's- against against uh, the Western world, like Europe and fucking America. So, but we don't. You know, this for me. I swear, I've I've been watching this development. You know why this is developing like this? Because democracy, just like I was saying, democracy and capitalism do not protect the African wealth. So we're disappointed. They are disappointed. So now they are looking for something for an alternative. But the because for you to for you to push power out, you need power. So they are looking at Russia, the Marxists, they're trying to form all that, you know, those are masses, you know, like those are like socialist governments those are trying to shift because democracy did not work for them so they def- they, they instilled democracy in africans then they circumvented democracy to siphon their resources because most of the thing you're looking at the president of nigeria republic was he was kept there by the western world by the france so mm-hmm. they controlled him so now when the people vote the, the, the votes are not counted. So the guy just stays in power there. So how? Because everybody's bribed. And so they're able, that's why they're able to siphon yeah. to. They, they destroyed democracy and capitalism. It didn't work. It did not work for you here. It's not working for Africa. So they're looking for ways. But I would say, I would suggest as an African that we should, we should not be part of that war when they want to fight wars. Because they are, the wars they fight, they fight for wars for resources. We don't need your resources. We all have our resources. So we shouldn't be part of that war. We, we, of, I, don't, I don't know why. Like, Okay, I listened to presidents of South Africa talking about they want to build a dam in South Africa. Mm. And the dam, when they build the dam, it's going to put electricity in like five countries. Mm. And he's looking for funds from the Europe. And I'm like, why? Yeah, what do you need funds for? <laughs> you got all the funds. So, but why can't we build our own dams, bro? What they should do is that's what that's. I think that's the main problem with Africa in present day. Present day Africa is the leadership. Now it's fine and dandy that you have uh, uh, leaders of countries, multiple countries in Africa coming together and be like, "Yo, it's time to stop all these exports of our uh, of our shit," but. That, uh, for example, what you just said about the dam. Mm-hmm. Why do you need? See, that's their problem. Why they, do you go to Europe? For why the do fund? you go to China for funds? And China is going to be like, yeah, we'll give you money, but it's like selling yourself to the devil. Yeah. We're going to give you money, but there's going to be some shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like going to. It's it's like when you need money in, in, out here, right? Uh-huh. But instead of going to the bank, you go to the uh, to the nigga on the block. <laughs> Yeah, I'll give you the oh you you girl you late you don't you need money for rent I'll give you five hundred dollars but you know you're gonna have to give me a thousand dollars next week 
and you're so desperate, you're gonna just take the five hundred dollars, and then when you can't pay the thousand back, yeah. now you're in some shit. Yeah, it's just like Africa. You're going to China. China has so much money in 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 uh, in the world, but basically, and they have an open, they have a check, a blank check for Africa. Oh, you need you need this and that, blah blah. blah. Yeah, we'll give you money, but the but the stipulation is. We're going to bring our own people to Africa to build the dam instead of hiring uh, the local Africans, right? And then these Chinese people, they come and build the dam. The next thing you know, they're building hotels uh, that they own. They're buying land in Africa. And I, I never did research on this, but I'm pretty sure if I did, I there will be a huge amount of land that China owns in, in Africa. And what Africa should do is, just like Thailand, I don't know if you know anything about Thailand. Thailand, a foreigner can't uh, can own land in Thailand. Yeah, just like in Florida. Yeah, uh, the, you the, can the, buy you can buy a house in Thailand, mm. but you can't own the land. Yes, only only uh, only. Uh, uh, people that are from Thailand can own the actual land. So you're basically, even though you're buying a house, you're basically just like leasing. You're leasing. Yeah. You own the house, but you're leasing the land mm. that the house is on. You can't, like an American can't own land in Thailand. And that's how Africa should be. All this shit that these foreigners are doing. Uh, Like if you are from fucking China, if you want to open a business in Africa, you, they should tax the shit out of you. And you can't own the land. You can rent, you can lease it, but you can't own the land. Like, oh, if you if you're from Texas and if you move to uh fucking uh, Ghana, you can't own the land. You can buy a house there, but you the land that the house is sitting on, mm-hmm. you don't own. Only only people that are African can own the motherland. Yes, no, no I agree with you. Like I tell you, there's one guy called the. I keep talking about this guy. They economic freedom fighters of africa mm. that's the only group of humans those are the only group only group of africans that they have they have formed a cause that believe that they're going to die for that cause their goal is to protect the resources of africans and i believe that the eff is why is going to become widespread in africa because a lot of guys who feel like us there's a lot of guys who are sitting down at home who are watching? Who are going to watch this broadcast, and who feel this pain? A lot of Africans feel this pain. There's a lot of guys who feel this pain that they're going to tap into the EFF. And once we begin to, when EFF becomes an African, spreads into other African countries, EFF has the power to group Africa to bring all Africans together. Is this a political group or like a militia? What? 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 No, Explain a, it to me. Is a uh, the EFF. Oh, niggas running around with guns and yeah, AKs. No, 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 not that. No, this guy, the EFF was formed by, you know, the African National Congress was a party that successfully fought apartheid in South Africa. Mm. You must have heard about South Africa apartheid, apartheid system. Mm-hmm. So the ANC fought successfully against um, apartheid and conquered apartheid. That's how Julius, uh, I mean, Mandela became president of, president of uh, South Africa. So, but the African National Congress youth leader, which is this guy called Julius Malema. Do you understand? I don't know why he fell out with the main party. Probably the party started getting corrupt. You know that probably he realized Mandela Mandela was a sellout. Yeah, so he felt that they were a sellout. <laughs> so he decided to form a party that represented the feelings 
of Africans. He knew Africans, we need an incorrigible leadership. Mm. Because one of the issues we have, I told you, is the same thing that is happening now that happened during the Trans-African Trade Union. This, this, this group of people is not about color because a lot of people, a lot of white people fought to protect Africans, even up to now. So it's not about color. It's just a group of people. They enter and they, okay, just imagine, in Sudan, recently, they said a Russian plane was parked in Sudan. Mm. In one Sudanese airport, he claimed that he was he came to buy flowers. So the soldiers entered the plane. They found gold. In wait, one wait, of, wait, wait a minute! A Russian plane landed in Sudan. Yeah, it was in Sudan because they have a base in Sudan. And they said they came to buy flowers. Yeah, they said they were buying. They were carrying flowers. But when mm. the military, when the guys, uh, this I don't know whether it's the military or this thing entered the plane, yeah. they found gold in the plane. Mm. Because there's gold in Sudan. You see, there's a group of guys, maybe it's just businessmen, but they're out there, they're buying gold at minimum price. Mm. So instead of the gold to pass through the normal route, get exported, get taxed, so that the resources can go back to Sudanese. Meanwhile, the Sudanese are suffering. So these guys are busy buying this gold. It's the same thing. The Russian government might not know about it. So well, they know we, about it. No, but we need, we need, we need in Africa, we need men who, who believe in the cause, who believe, who are willing to die. Men who, because we need to spread the message. Let me give you another example. When Jesus Christ said he wanted disciples, he said they should leave their mother and their families and come to him because he knows the job of spreading the word of God is going to take all their time. We need men who believe that we need to protect the resources of Africa for the world. We need men who are ready, who do this work, because we need to form teams in every society. We need to transform our societies. We need to stop. We need to stop. We need to build modern societies where all men are born free, where all men shall declare the source of their wealth, where all men, what color, no matter their creed, can walk the streets without any harassment. We need societies where we can thrive, a place that we can be comfortable. Mm. That's what we need in Africa. But we can't have it until we believe, until we form teams, until we form, until we reform our societies. The way it is now, it's not working. Our children will be enslaved. Do you think... Uh... <laughs> Do you think that will ever happen? Yes. It will happen. In your, in, in your lifetime? Yes. Because I personally, I'm one of those, and I know there's a lot of men. I may, I talk, I, I listen to, I read about, let me give you an example of one man. There's one man called Namdikano in Nigeria. He fought for the succession of Biafra. Because he is one of those that has observed. I used to listen to him. He used to be so mad. He used to scream so loud. He used to cry so hard that why are we so crazy to allow this thing to keep going on? But he kept talking about how Britain plays a major part in the conditions of Nigerians. Okay, he, he says, if these people don't want us to prosper, they don't want, because the Igbos are very prosperous people. With Igbos have suffered in the hands of Nigerians. I don't want to go into it. 
Because I believe that all Africans are the same. I believe that all man that is born that has a dark skin is an African. I believe that, and we have the resources. The African has the resources. The African, everything began with the African. Everything, everything. The Africans civilized the white man twice. This, the first time, Romans. The second time, the Spanish. So we, everything came from us. I actually believe that. Mm. And so I do not walk the streets feeling intimidated anywhere I am. But this guy called the name the kind of, he, he gave up everything. He gave his father and his mother died. He believed he's sitting in jail in Africa. He's sitting down in jail in Africa because the government succeeded in intimidating him. It's the Western powers. Of course, they, 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 they he, he flew into, he was in London because he's a British citizen. He was not, so he flew into Kenya. Some guys kidnapped him from Kenya and brought him back to Nigeria. He's been sitting down in jail. He has gone to court and the courts have found him not guilty. So, but because so his own people locked him up. Yes, they locked him up. So what I'm saying is that <laughs> I'm so what I'm saying well, is true. What I'm saying is that because of this kind of mindset, and I know, I know, I know a lot of men. I know great minds. I know. These guys are young. They're solid. Some of them have gone through military schools and they are great minds. They feel the way I feel. We just need... And I, that's why I think that the, the EFF, I keep saying they're talking about EFF because the EFF is a solid... They have already fought this fight with the appetite. They have a system. They believe, they believe in Africa. They believe that we should wipe out corruption. They believe that he believes, this guy believes that all black men are the same, that all Africans are the same, and he does not like discrimination. So I believe that if we can align our, if we can all align with EFF, that we can grow into a continent that cannot be intimidated. Mm. Can you imagine Africa with all our resources? Yeah, I can it's to be, we will build, let me tell you, we'll build, we'll build, we'll build five lane, um, we'll build streets, I mean like freeways from South Africa to the North Africa where I can drive a Ferrari from, I'll drive a Ferrari from South Africa and I'll drive it and power it through Africa on high speed. We'll build great companies, we'll feed the world because we have arable land. We'll, Africa will be the most, Africa is the most beautiful place already. We will conserve the, we'll conserve nature, we'll we will refuse to drive animals to extinct. We'll build beautiful societies. We'll build modern societies where all men shall be free and pursue, and really pursue happiness. In your tribe, do they circumcise women? Circumcision has been around for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's, I don't think I can, I, I can't remember. I think that, um, I don't know if my sister was someone to circumcise. I don't have a lot of information on that. I have to tell you the truth. Nigga, you, grew up, you grew up in the fucking tribe. You should know if, if that goes on. No, it's, it, let me tell you, circumcision, if you're uncircumcised, I think is there's some kind of taboo in culture about it. Just like a man walking around without being circumcised. Mm. I don't think anybody, any woman would want to marry your ass. Mm -hmm. for real so circumcision has been a long time been around a long time uh, but now it's, it's called mutilation um, but f it's been along for a long time for men women is a whole nother is a whole nother thing no it's much societies but i don't i don't remember i don't i don't have a lot of, i have to tell you the truth i don't know a lot about that okay okay yeah. all right well anyway what when did you 
how how old were you when you came to America? I think I was thirty two years old. Nineteen? Thirty two years old. Huh? Thirty two? Mm-hmm. I was and, older when I arrived. And how like how? No, you see, like um I this story I've never told it uh, to anyone. So like, you talk all this African shit, yet you came you came over here, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> no, it's true. Um like uh when I, I was in Africa actually, um I gra- I went to, I studied agriculture and when I graduated from agricultural school, I started a company that because I believe that packaging i was looking at our package because one of the things about african culture is the waste of food like waste food waste is mm. a big issue because they don't have good storage systems so every year they farm and all the food that is produced that's why this ample opportunities for investments just imagine a company just a company putting in big big storage systems in africa as the food is manufactured at the end of the season we just store it there and then we wait for when it during the dry season when the food is not in season we start to release the food and just control the price in the system it's very easy it's so easy so i i at some point i tried to i tried packaging of food because i i had studied packaging in school and i tried to start a company who were packaging rice and sugar at some point my business kept failing, but while the packaging, I thought that some of the I had some issues with um, breaking this. Like, look, let me give you an example. There was a time there was um, there was fasting. Like, you know how Muslims they fast. So I talked to this guy, and he told me to produce some sugar so he can distribute it to the villages. Mm-hmm. So I I produced like about a trailer load of uh, products, and then all of a sudden the guy fell sick. And then his younger brother took over the business and I tried to sell. The younger brother refused to take my product. So now it's owing the, produ- the guys who supply the sugar and I had to go back again and, you know, I lost a lot of money. At some point, I was just like, okay, I'm done. Uh, and then, I, you know, the, the, the urge to travel about took over me and I decided to travel so I could get more experience. And when I came out here, I did work in manufacturing. I started working in manufacturing, which led me to study engineering and now I'm, I'm all about figuring ways that we can ways that we can increase productivity in Africa, increase, you know, just generally increase the welfare of an African. When you came here, where did you go first? I went to New York. I was in New York. So you were living in New York? No, the first I only, I was in New York for only two weeks. The first night I arrived in the US, um, arrived in January. I've never felt cold before. Mm. I had never seen snow. And I had I did I only had one pant and a jacket. Mm. And so when I came out of the when they immigration let me out, this is welcome to the United States. I just walked through those walls and I just ran into cold air. Jesus. And there was this black woman. Were you were you like in a tank top and some shorts? <laughs> no. <laughs> Fucking flip flops. I had a shirt and a suit, but just a natural shirt. Luckily for me, there was this black girl next to me, and she looked at me with great kindness, and she gave me this coat, and I covered myself, and um, I didn't have I. In short, I had missed my flight in um, Netherlands, and I had only forty dollars left in my pocket. Said, oh my God! You one of these damn stories. I hate when immigrants say, "I only came here with five dollars in no, my pocket." Now I'm worth three billion dollars. It's years true. Later. It's just because because it's a it's a situation where you a lot of immigrants come here and they don't have anything. You know that. Mm. So it was the same thing. Like yeah, that. but okay. Well, you only have forty dollars in your pocket. How did you eat? 
for like months and months. No, I, <laughs> I ran <laughs> into a good did Samaritan. You, did you, ran, have, ran, did you have shelter? <laughs> I ran into a good Samaritan. This guy at the embassy, because my 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 uncle was he he random nigga at the embassy was like, "Yo, come no, live with no, me." He knew my family. He knew my friends. And he knew my family, and so he looked at me and I told him that I just arrived. I didn't have anywhere to sleep mm-hmm. because the guy at the embassy didn't let me in. I was I thought that it was like in Nigeria, you could sleep anywhere. So I asked the guy at the embassy, "I'm like, <laughs> what can I, what can I?" What can I fucking sleep in the airbus? It's my country. And the guy's like, no, nobody's allowed to come in here. Mm. Office is closed. So I'm just sitting outside now. It's at the snow and I'm cold. And this guy comes out of the embassy and he's like, dude, what are you doing here? <laughs> so I told him that I just arrived. And the guy took me home. And I didn't come out for two weeks because it was too cold. Now, at the point, he said, go to California. It's warm out there. Mm. You have, and I landed in California. It was warm. So, wait, wait, wait. So, so when you arrived here, were you on like a, 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 v, a student visa or some shit? No, I was, I was actually supposed to attend a conference in the United Nations. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but the idea was to stay, not just to attend the conference. So, so after... You- when I landed in California, I met this very nice girl. No, no, no. I mean, talk, we're, not, we're not at California yet. We're, we're still on New York. Yeah. So when you left Africa, mm-hmm. your first place you landed was New York, right? Mm-hmm. How long did you stay in New York? Uh, Manhattan. I stayed here for two weeks. Oh, for just two weeks? Yeah. And then you left? Yeah, because New- I, it was too cold for me. I couldn't come outside. Every time we go to dinner, nobody go to dinner. How did you get from New York to California? He paid for me to continue. This nigga paid for you? Yeah, he's a big, he's a, he works for the embassy. He's a big, he works for the he embassy. Knows, although eventually I paid him back through my uncle for the $500 of flight ticket. Do you still keep in contact with him now? No, he's in Nigeria. I've never talked to him. He, left, <laughs> he was, you know, like, let me tell you how the embassy works. People come for just like for short periods of time. Mm-hmm. So he was here for, and he was actually at the end of his service because he told me that he was preparing to go back to Nigeria. Mm-hmm. So, but... Um, this is left, a black man, right? Yeah, he's a black yeah. man, of course. He left for Nigeria. But say if he was white, he, it would probably be on some Jeffrey Dahmer shit. <laughs> no, he left his... Trying to get you in the house. I'm <laughs> 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 a little bit. <laughs> All right, so... All right, so you get to you get to California. Did you you flew there, right? Of course, yeah. When you arrive in California, where did you? Were you was it in the Bay Area or? Uh, yeah, it was directly. I landed in Oakland Airport. I landed in Oakland Airport, and then uh, what am I? Um, a family friend. A family friend. Um, Pick me up at the airport. And so I spent... So you had a whole bunch of family friends out here already, huh? No, because, you know, my uh, my uncle was a diplomat, so a lot of us like to travel just so, like... And this girl, she picked me up, and I spent two weeks in her house. Mm-hmm. And then before then, I... I Fucked into, her? No, I didn't. Okay. I didn't. Shame I mean, on you. I didn't, yeah, because she... Let's not go into that. So <laughs> and then I ran into this other girl. She's... Uh, uh, she's... Uh, um, she's a Vietnamese girl. So mm. she, I ran into her. I was walking around the lake. I was just taking a walk. And she had, the second day I arrived in California, I ran into her and she said, if I wanted to walk. And I said, yes, I needed a, a place to walk. And Where were you living at this time? I was living at that girl's house. The Vietnamese girl? Yeah. No, okay. no, no. The, my, the family friend. The family friend, okay. And so, and then I, I got there and I started walking. My cousin was there walking. So the so the the family friend was just letting you live there for free. Um, I think I spent two weeks there for free. Yeah. Okay. 
and then after that i i, I started living at the ladies the vietnamese girl she gave us she had two apartments you see how cheap was things were those days apartments around what year what time what year was this i was looking at 2001 2002 2001 2002 yeah okay and i think that uh The apartment was like 800, you know, it was cheap. She had two apartments mm -hmm. to have for to herself. And so she gave me one because her son lives on the other one downstairs. So it was like a duplex. Yeah, it was a duplex. So I okay. was just living with her son. Okay. And I I was there and uh, I was going down the lane. She lake. said, did you want work? What did she have, like a restaurant? You know, she was working in uh, this, you know, this the IB's, you know, IB Huggies. The, the hamburger place? Yeah, the hamburger the place. She owns that? No, she doesn't own it. It was owned by one guy called Shaq. But she works for Shaq. Mm -hmm. And so she's... Uh, and I needed some help and she offered you a job. Yeah, she went there. She talked to Shaq and Shaq offered me a job. Okay. And I started working as a friend. That was the first job I ever had in my life. I'd never worked before. <laughs> so you're doing you're the fries? Yes, I was doing fries at okay. Huggies. Uh, and while I was doing fries at Huggies, then I, <laughs> ran, I ran into this beautiful girl called Jamila. Uh -huh. Jamila was nice. Like, you know, a very nice girl. Uh -huh. So I, so I dated her for you know we dated for like about a month, two months. I told her I had to go back home, mm -hmm. and she said, "No, you're not going home. You're gonna stay here." And she helped me. You know, we got married, became friends. You know, I, I oh, so you, so you got you got married for yeah, got married. for the citizenship. No, I did not get married for citizenship. Or it was for I love. Got married. I was actually in love. Now, this is. The question of the night. Yeah. Now we've been talking for an hour and a half, basically. Really? And all we've been all we've been hearing from you is Africa this, Africa that, black man this, black man that, <laughs> revolution this, revolution that, fuck France, fuck Russia, fuck the Europeans. <laughs> Now You're speaking of this woman named Jamila. Is she black? Yes. Oh, she's black? Mm -hmm. Okay. You have a child, right? Yes. Is your child with a white woman? I have. I have. I have. No, no, speaking to the mic. Okay. <laughs> Actually, have, I have three kids. Three kids. Two of them are black women. Mm. And one, my son is half Irish. So half white? Yeah. Okay. We'll get back to that later. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Jamila, okay, so you guys get married. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. How long did the marriage last? Okay, let me tell you. Uh, Until you got that green card? No, let me just, I have to tell you, let me tell you, like, she was, she, we remain good friends up to now. Yeah. So when I met her, That was the first time in my life that I ever fell in love. You didn't, you didn't have no girl in Africa all this time? No, I always knew that I, I had planned that I was going to leave the country. So every time my mom's talked about, you know. Your parents never tried to arrange you know, they tried. That's what I'm saying. Every time they tried, my mom said, you need to get married before you leave town. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it because I believe that wherever I go, there will be women there. <laughs> so yeah, that's smart. Yeah. So when I got here and I met her, it was a very nice girl. She worked hard. She worked for Abathans then. And she went to work every day. And she was a very simple girl. Mm. Like, very simple. Like, you know, she was just a very sweet girl. She had a song called Talon. 
A very sweet kid too. Was she fat? No, she was not. She was very okay. skinny. She's a beautiful girl. When I say she's beautiful, she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so me and her, I actually fell in love. I actually believed because my father, I told you earlier that my father came home every night. Yeah. I actually believed that I had settled down in life. This is my wife and this is going to become my son. Mm-hmm. I used to, every time, I used to work like 11 hours a day. I used to wake up early in the morning, first carry the guy in my head, walk 10 blocks, drop him off at daycare, then go to work. Oh, so her son was uh, like a, new, uh, a young kid. Yeah, he was young. He was less than uh, two years old when I met him. And Damn. so I used to drop him off at daycare, come back. When I get off- That should have been a red flag for you. Yeah, you didn't know. Nothing. No, no. Now I know. Like uh, now, I understand. This girl got a this girl got a newborn, and she's already trying. Yeah, to... I didn't. Of course, no, then no. All I knew was how to love. That's, yeah, that's yeah. All, yeah, yeah. She trapped you. Now. Yeah, she, so yeah. he did. I whatever you think it was, but I was in love, <laughs> and I was I was happy. Uh-huh. And so, but you know, of while we were living together, you know, I, we changed together, worked together. You know, I got a brand new apartment for both of us. Were you still working at IBs at this yeah, time? Yeah, I was working at, okay. I worked in IBs for six months. Then mm. I started working for this pharmaceutical company in manufacturing. Mm. But during that period, uh, because me and Jamila got together in less than three months after I arrived in this country. So for that, I had that period when So I was, it was basically like the first chick you Yeah, that was the first chick. I, okay. that was, so we, we moved in together and I found an apartment where we could stay together and we were happy together. Mm. And I had a son. I was called me daddy. I was, I was, yeah, happy. I was happy. And then all of a sudden, one day I get off work and I see this guy sitting now in my sitting room. Sin- uh, you, you, you see a guy sitting down in your house. Yeah. Okay. And I walk in and I'm looking at the guy. I'm like, what the fuck are you? Mm. So, you know, so mad. I was mm-hmm. gonna like, you know, he's always about to get really ugly. Yeah. All of a sudden, she jumps out of from the bedroom and she's like. That that's Talin's dad and Vincent takes me to the kitchen and she's like, "This is serious. That he wants to see his son." I'm like, "Why can't he fucking? Who's first of all, I'm mad enough that he calls Talin his son because that's my son. Mm. And then <laughs> why is he sitting down on my couch? He should get the fuck outside and then he can wait outside." Let's so this, the whole time you've met her, she never mentioned his dad. The guy was in jail. Oh, okay. So this is some baby boy shit. Uh, so, you know, two weeks later, she never came home. She took my car, didn't come home. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So you go home, the nigga's sitting in the house on the couch. She says, that's his, that's the boy's son. He just got out of jail. He wants to see him. Yeah, that's what he said. And then what happened after that? I just kicked, I, you know, I was, so, I was erratic then. I was you just, just walked out the house? You no, left? I, just, I was just, you know, going crazy. So the guy left. Mm. he knows he shouldn't be there anyway he shouldn't be lounging in my couch so he left mm. and then but two weeks later she didn't come home yeah. well i mean what happened from that day to, and then two weeks what happened between those two weeks I mean, you, I mean, you're it was guy. just normal no it was, of course i'm mad as hell i knew i was i had issues now because mm. i can tell that there's something wrong now she's talking about Talent's dad, Talent's dad, and all that stuff. Mm. But, you know, I thought that I had everything together because I give her everything. Like, I give her all my But you guys were married, right? Yeah, we were married. Okay, so how can she just, she she just can't leave? You guys still Yeah, that's my wife. And uh, I give her everything. Everything she owns, I I probably provide. Okay, the bitch leaves, and then what? 
she doesn't come home the first night. And the first time she comes, she she doesn't come home and I don't sleep all night. I'm just driving around trying to, f- I mean, I'm just walking around trying to find her. Crying and Calling all her friends and all that stuff. And then when she comes home and I, I'm still calm, I, t- I try to tell her, I say, don't do it again. Because if you do it again, then we're done. You didn't slap her? No, I didn't. Because <laughs> you're African, because you, you guys believe in chugging bitches and shit yeah but i couldn't i was i was a gentleman <laughs> i'm a gentleman i've always been a gentleman all my life so i but i told her that if she did you ask her where the fuck she was i know where she was she I was did. with him yeah but so you didn't ever you didn't even ask you know like of course i know where she was she all the time i've been with that girl she never she always comes home she always just goes to work have at Aberson and just come home. If when I'm at work, once I come home, I know she's gonna be at home. If mm. she's not at home, she's at work. I just go pick up the baby. Then me and the baby will pass through her job. We just wait for her. A few minutes, she just gets off work and we just go home. And we'll go cook dinner and we'll all eat and we'll go to sleep. It was amazing stuff. I've never had a be- I've never had a better relationship since then, to tell you the truth. Mm. After that, when I when she didn't come home, I knew where she went. There's no distress in it. I just told her, don't do it again. If you did again. Okay. And then what? Two weeks later, it happened. She left again. again? <laughs> <laughs> and then you took her back? No, I never did. That so she it. left two weeks. And then, I mean, she had to come back, right? She came back. And then what happened when she came back? I never time? touched her. You never touched her? You were like, get out? No, I never did that. I just didn't touch her because she, she had the, she had the, because she was making my papers for me. I kind of rough from the girl. Mm. so i just left her alone i just didn't want to fuck her i didn't touch her i go to sleep i go to work and i go to sleep i didn't talk to her so how long did this last about three months but during that time so three months she was just leaving for two weeks coming back leaving for two weeks coming back she just came back and she stayed but she she used to come home but she wanted now because she had never felt my anger the way i was angry so Mm. she tried to apologize in so many ways but i had warned her not to do it again so i already my mind was already closed. So after like three months, she tried. She just packed all her things and left. Uh. And she lived with the guy. Mm. Then one day, after about three, four months, I just had a knock on my door and I, had, I saw, Jesus, I can remember that day. It was so painful. And she was just standing. When I opened the door, I just saw her there. And I saw my son. That was the worst one. Mm. Because during when they had left and they are living with Terrence, I used to drive by there just to see him, and he used to scream you so loud. Stalking that bitch, huh? Yeah, you were stalking a bitch. No, I didn't stalk her. I just wanted to see my son, and mm. she used to he used to scream so loud. Why can't I just go be with my dad? And when I saw him at the door, and I just looked at him, and I was like, it was so heartbreaking. But I knew that I couldn't have her back because she's gonna break my heart again. I I don't want my heart. I was I'm done. I was done. Mm. I was done. But I used to go and pay their bills. Because if they don't have any light, I got to go for them and pay the bills. Because I still had to do my papers. So what happened with the papers and the citizenship? She did it. Because the, the day I had, a, uh, um, I had a day for my citizenship. Mm. So I went to the immigration and I looked for her for three days. I tried to find her. I can't find a girl, man. I, I can't sleep. I didn't sleep for three days. And then one day I went over there. I went to, when I got to the immigration, I told the guy, I looked at the, the white boy's eyes. And I, the guy looked at me. <laughs> he, could tell, he could tell that I'll be suffering for three days. Uh-huh. And he asked me, if you can't find your wife, I can't help you. 
Oh, you told this nigga that you, the wife left? No, he just knew it. He just looked at me. He saw me. And he just saw me without the girl. He knew that, yeah. He just told me straight up. He said, if you can't find your wife, I can't help you. Mm-hmm. So I just went back to the one place I knew. I've been to that place, that same place, almost 100 times. But I just went there and I just, she wasn't expecting me. She thought the time had passed. I just opened the door and she was there. Mm. I just grabbed her, threw her in my car, jammed the door. But she was still cool enough to like, to do like interviews with you, like citizenship interviews with you? I gave her something she couldn't refuse. What's that? Some Mm-mm. cocaine? Some dick? What? <laughs> okay, remember that this this broadcast has to be watched by everybody. <laughs> All right, so you get the citizenship. You guys, when did you guys get divorced? No, well, I, I never really divorced. Her. Oh, you're still married. No, um, at one point I couldn't find her. I think she she had she had some issues, and so uh, I think she was uh, she was incarcerated for some time. She lost her kids and all that stuff, and Damn. I couldn't find her anywhere. So um, I just went to the judge and told him I can't find her. She said, I did an advertisement in the paper for like six months and still can't find her. And they gave me, they annulled the marriage. Mm. Are you illegal, nigga? Are you here yeah, illegally? Of I'm very illegal. No. I'm very illegal. So you said you had, and so, you, so you didn't have a kid with her? No, we didn't have any kids. Okay, so you say you had three kids. Yeah. So you had a kid, two kids with the next chick. No, I had I had one kid with the next girl. She's South African, Botswana. <laughs> this getting too personal for to me. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just go to different topics? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, pretty personal, huh? Yeah. Well, duh. This 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 podcast is a personal podcast. <laughs> Well, bef- well, well, before that, why did you decide to have a child with a white lady? Oh. And you're so black power this, black African this. Well, I, I have to tell you, I said this thing that it's not about the color of your skin. That it's about a group of people. It's a group of people. Like, it's in every society, you'll be surprised, like... In every, it's just like in American society. Do you know how many Americans that don't really understand how their government functions, that live life day to day without any knowledge of any how the system functions? They just survive. the The system is run by a group of people. So you're looking at the the white woman that I had a baby with. She's she's actually very liberal. She believes that all humans are born equal. She's one of those that are in the front line. She doesn't believe that shit, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's I don't even want to. I don't even want to hear the rest no, of this okay. bullshit. No, okay, she doesn't okay, believe that shit. One minute, one minute. She says one. that because she can go back. She's one of those people, like the rest of these motherfuckers, who go to the protests. Oh yeah, Black Lives Matter. Yes, treat black people the same with good. Blah blah blah. They're at the protest. Okay, but and I'm as just... soon as the police come, they leave. <laughs> <laughs> they go, they get in their car, and they drive 10 miles away to their secluded neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, good. As long as these niggas ain't out in front of my house, as long as they keep that shit over there, I'm fine. No, but I'm coming. I, I don't look at it that way. I think that the, I was at a point in my life where 
uh, my relationship had failed. I was drinking in a bar, and uh, I was I was at this bar. What's it called? Uh, the one on um, what's it called? Very nice bar. I like that bar far back. I was having a drink, and I I just looked on the side of me, and there was a girl next to me. I it didn't matter if it was black or brown. Um, you were just me. horny. Yeah, just, I just did it too. I thought she was sitting next to me, and uh, I asked the bartender to get her a drink. And so the bartender gave her a drink. And so we started having a conversation like, you know, you do so many nights you go out and you end up with a pretty girl that you didn't no, 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 I don't do none of that. Whatever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up together. And then at the end of the night, the next day, I found out so much about her. She was a very pretty girl. She was very successful. She's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And she was very pretty and she loves my dick. And so, <laughs> well, well, what, how could you say no to that? Mm-hmm. And so, after a while, and she, she ended up pregnant. She's never been pregnant before. You can feel, you can, that's, that's just how my son came by. Mm. That's the truth. So, you have a son with her? Yes. And how is this kid raised? Well, Hmm. Basically, what I'm asking you is her values being instilled in him or your values? Or both equally? Well, you, you know, I it's it's difficult for, for my son to understand what it means to become to be raised African because um around him, you know, he goes to private schools and he goes to all these, you know, schools that you know it's really difficult for me for me. Unless I plan that. Because immediately he gets to become 12, 15, I could just throw him in Africa where he can feel the pulse of African society. That's, mm. that's the only way, but I can't, I can't do much. I'm not trying to confuse, confuse him and try to... Because some of the African... You know, I don't understand. Some of our cultures, some of our African cultures are really so like archaic. Like, what I mean by archaic, I'm not saying that they are so backwards. I'm just saying that in a modern society, it should not be the norm. Like in some Africans that we need, when I mean, when I say modern society, a society where all men are born free, a society where everyone would declare the wealth, source of his wealth, a place where you can walk, like it's just like you're walking down the street and some stupid white girl calls you, nigga, no, it mm. can't happen in this kind of society where we can all, for Christ's sake, maximize our potentials. Everyone is free. It's only in Africa that that can happen. Mm. What do you think the uh, number one problem mm. is when it comes to Africa? Yes. Um, I think that I keep saying it. That's why I keep talking about the EFF is the only society where I believe that there's black men who have who believe in the cause they are fighting for because they have seen success before. They have fought against appetite. And so these guys actually believe they, they don't want to be corrupt. They, they, are incor- they, they fight against neocolonialism in all its forms. They want to believe that any form of colonialism should not be in Africa. So that's the only way we can build a society where we can be free where you, even as you sit down in that society, as you sit down here, you can just fly into Africa, just like you can go to Kenya and you can walk on the streets of Kenya and you can you can get a job, you can advance yourself and no man, and you, you'll be free 
the true freedom, the true word of freedom to pursue happiness. So you're telling me, what is your answer? My answer is that we need to eradicate, we need to eradicate the kind of governments we have. We need to stop neocolonialism from influencing our societies. That's the number one problem with Africa. Yes. Mm. Because if we do that, we have enough resources. We have enough resources. We have, just imagine a place. Okay, let me just tell you one secret. Let me tell you one something. In my country, it's estimated that 300 people, only 300 people, have billions of dollars stashed in South in Ar- Arabian banks. Mm-hmm. These billions of dollars, if, if I was, if, if, if we succeed, if I was an, if I was reading Africa, I'll say I'll give them six months to return all this wealth to Africa. We can use it to invest. We can invest in roads. We can invest in light. We can invest in just like I'm talking about. I say I know thousands of farmers now. With I'm talking to you that all they need is tractors. This money can buy the tractors. We can use this money to advance humanity. We can use all this wealth stored in Arabian banks to restore the dignity of man. But we can't have our sex because we have corrupt societies, we have corrupt governments, and it doesn't stop. It sounds like you want to go back to dictatorship because what you're talking about will never happen. No. If you have a uh, democratic society. Dictatorship, what you're talking about, you need, a, you need to go back to dictatorship. You need one man to control everything and tell everyone this is how it's going to be because when you want you're talking about this democracy shit where you have millions and billions of people and you got millions and billions of different personalities millions of billions of different viewpoints you might be passionate about this and think uh uh corruption and all that shit is the number one uh, problem with Africa, but then you, the nigga next to you might think, "Oh no, I think the number one problem with Africa is um is a uh, fucking uh religion." So now you got two different people with uh, fighting two different causes, and they and one thinks one is more important than the other. No one is cohesive, so you can't get the shit done. Okay, wait, I'm coming. You see the. I, like I told you before, I've said this before, that, that what is happening in Africa right now is the same thing that happened during the trans- transatlantic slave trade. They're just giving out our resources. The first resource is humans. The second resource is minerals. How did they succeed? They bribed the leaders. So dec- democracy has not been successful in protecting the African. Capitalism has not been successful in protecting the African. I'm not advocating for any kind of Marxism or anything, but I just know, okay, let me give you an example. In a country like Ghana, one of their heads of states, he was, he was a military guy. He killed off all the corrupt politicians. Uh-huh. And so Ghana, that's why Ghana is habitable. Now you, you go to, if I go to Africa, West Africa, I just go straight to Ghana. In Ghana, I can drive my car across down. I could just chill out in Ghana. Nobody mm-hmm. bothers you. You go to their beach and you enjoy. Ghana is a civilized society. As per the last time I visited Ghana. Ghana in Ghana, the cocoa farmers, their cocoa, they are beginning to bite their cocoa 
has more value for them now. The government just increased the price at which they are buying cocoa. Mm. So Ghana is a civilized society. My country is uncivilized. Everything is non-functional. So there's a lot of African companies. Rwanda, you know, in Rwanda, Rwanda, the Rwandan president, he's been ruling their country for so long now. He has not allowed democracy, capitalism to destroy their society. He has increased, he has increased, he has lowered poverty by 65%. Mm. So we need systems that work. We need systems. We need to stop corruption. Corruption, we have all the resources. You've said it before. We have everything. We just in my country, just imagine we have oil. We have so much oil, but we 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 cannot enjoy the profit we that comes from oil because one, they're shipped to Europe to be processed and brought back. So we pay double the price. Yeah. So we need to stop. We need to believe like how are you we, paying for your own shit? That's crazy to me. That's the point. I'm sorry. That's what I mean by it's the major problem we have. Mm. Can you imagine if the leaders in history of Africa weren't corrupt? Yeah. Can you imagine if Idi Amin <laughs> was was uh was that dude? Can you imagine if uh if they didn't if the U.S. didn't assassinate? What's that nigga name? I'm I'm having a blank. You know, what? was it Tutu? Gaddafi. 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 Yeah, Gaddafi. Got well, Gaddafi, Gaddafi, but I'm talking about the African king, uh, Bishop Tutu. Uh, no, not Tutu. Not Tutu. But it was some African king that the CIA uh, assassinated because he was he was working with, uh, I believe it was Gaddafi. Gaddafi was trying to do. Uh, yeah, Gaddafi was was trying to uplift and make Africa independent, yeah, and but obviously the Western uh, media propaganda uh, painted him as an evil person. Now, I don't believe nothing that the U the U.S. says. The U.S. is uh, no, I mean the most fucked up, corrupt. Everybody says America this or America that. Yes, America. Yeah, people think America is so good because hey, I'm a woman and I can drive. I can wear I can I can walk around with my titties out. I'm free. I don't have to cover up and just show my eyes like these Muslim women. They think America is so good just because of that, but no, America is has its demons as well. Let me tell you, America works for people that believe in the cause that America fought for. They the they left Europe because they wanted to find a place where they can find resources and be free. And so this America worked for them. They found, they found, they found, they built the trans-African, transatlantic slave trade. They found all resources. They came to America. They, 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 they fought the British Empire and they declared independence and deep independence in around 18, uh, how, was it 1975, 1875? Mm -hmm. And they did and they built a country. And so America works for, those group of people, their their children still. So America worked for them. America just doesn't work for you, you and I. Mm. It doesn't work for you know the the the, the Mexicans the, that their lands. This, California was an American uh, California, so they they colonized it. Yeah. So they America still works for them. 
Is this, what, why would you think, like, do you know that in America that a black man that has a felony can never find a job? It's hard for him, but they can vote for Trump. <laughs> I don't want to go into all those politics. We should stop. <laughs> Get so deep. Uh, fuck it. Let's go. And so you keep you keep talking about the slave trade. The slave trade. The slave trade. I mean, black people need to take accountability. I'm unbiased, but the slave slavery could have never happened if it wasn't f- for the help or the the or the co- cooperation that black people that Africans did. Africans, mm-hmm. Africans villages and kings and all whatever were bringing slaves to these spaniards to these europeans on the beach and was giving them slaves and that's how they were able because there is no way that a small boat full of spaniards who were or europeans who were just wandering around the ocean who were malnutritious, full of dis- body full of diseases from eating food that rats were eating on, and half of them died during the trip. They land in Africa. There was no way that these weak Spaniards and Europeans were able to just run on Africa, right, and just capture these big warriors of Africa on their ships these hundreds hundreds of african strong men on the ship with ease no they were brought africans were uh enslaving their own people that a lot of people don't know about that and also everyone says the uh, europeans and the spaniards iranians people in afghanistan those motherfuckers they had something to do with uh, uh yeah, the, Arabs, the Arabs. The Arabs, yeah. They have something equal. They they're equally in fault when it comes to slavery. So everyone is in uh cohorts. Everyone is in cohorts because there is no way back then. Yes, slavery is the worst thing uh known to man. The the worst action. But when you think of shit back in those days, right? Every modern society was built with slaves. There is no way the United States could have been built without slaves. There is no way any uh, modern society in the world could have been built without slavery. Because when you think about it, there was no way for uh, people to offer incentives like today. If if you want to go, t- if you buy land, right? Let's say you go to Utah or something. You want to, and you buy fifty acres of land, and you want to buy, and you want to build like a, a small little town. You want to build a couple houses and shit. Mm-hmm. The only way you can build, you can do, you can do that is if you have manpower. And in order to have manpower, you have to offer incentives, which means pay. Yeah, you got to pay something. You have to pay people. Back in those days, there was no way to offer incentives. Like these people who came to America, there was no way for you to build New York mm-hmm. without slaves. You had to bring slaves because we didn't have incentives. They didn't have incentives back then to pay people. So these fucking, uh, that's how 
That's how America and every other modern country in the world was built through slavery. Now, the one thing that I can say about that is when these Africans were bringing their own people to these white men, they didn't look at it as uh, they didn't know what was in store. That's what I would say. They didn't know that these niggas were going to be whipped, raped, beaten and 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 treated the worst way any you know, uh, that you can imagine. They didn't know that they were probably fooled and that's where i think religion comes in i think uh africa the whole continent it was infected by the white the pale face religion of christianity and i think that's one of the biggest problems with africa is because you have all these fucking you go to these villages in africa and you have african african men preaching the bible christianity that the slave owner brought to their land. So why the fuck is there is no way that the slave can worship the slave, the same God as the slave master. That doesn't make sense to me. And that's what corrupted Africa. Fucking religion. No, let me tell you some of, some of, some of the African kingdoms were conquered by the Europeans because Europeans during, during that period, I told you like, between the 5th and the 11th century, they they fought a lot. They were able to, to develop, like the Vikings and all these kingdoms, they were able to develop weapons of mass destruction, like, you know, all this, you know, gunpowder and all that. So they were able to, because if they fought Africans hand to hand, a lot of African countries, they could not conquer them. Like in Ethiopia, they couldn't conquer Ethiopia. There's so many African countries, but they had, some of them had, they had already developed that weapon of mass destructions and they were very brutal. They were, you know, they have, you know, they over the years they fought so much for they had grown, they were resilient. That's why they could travel. They they could leave. They were so uncomfortable in Europe. They were just looking for places that they were be, gonna be comfortable. And so one of the things I say again is that African leadership was corrupt. They were corrupt then and they're corrupt now. It's the same thing. They will they was they were selling is for mirrors they were selling they, they didn't understand the suffering these people were going through of course like you said but they 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 sold some of them in order to maintain power the you know because the white man had already conquered their kingdom like Benin Republic the white man had conquered Benin Republic so they they were just extracting resources just like they were still on that that they are, they said they were independent but were still a conquered people they are still able to go how else can France go into DJ and still collect their resources so we're still in that mode that's why I say we need we need we need to wake up we need to just imagine in a woke Africa. Imagine a place where the world realizes that the black man actually was the beginning and we're going to be the end. Imagine a place when a white boy wakes up one day. And I've seen a lot of white boys you know, on the internet say they understand that the black man is so much stronger. <laughs> but they have never felt it. Yeah. But the problem is that the black one is, just imagine after the collapse of apartheid, Nelson Mandela, the kind of deal he he negotiated with a white man. Yeah. Do you think a white boy would do that? That's why I said the black man is the is the kindest human on earth because he doesn't have any evil in his heart. The the kind that's why they were able to. Take that's what's wrong, with niggas. Niggas need to get angry. Yeah, that's what I keep saying. Are you hearing me? That's why I said we need a cause. We need men to understand that it's time. 
But that would never happen because of religion. That's what I'm saying. No, you see, that's why black people are so in. They're so induced with this fucking religion and God and Christianity. That's not Christianity is not the black man's religion. It was something that was brought and forced upon you to make you bow down to whatever the fuck uh, to make you bow down to them because they're feeding you lies. Even if you read the, even if you believe in the Bible, what in the Bible says when you go to a church, right? You have you ever been to a church? Yes. And when you go to a church, what image of God do you see? You see a white man, right, with a little straight brown or blonde hair, with a little white cloth, pale ass skin. He's white. The nigga, the nigga looks like uh, Mel Gibson. Yeah, nigga look like Mel Gibson. But what in the Bible states? That this nigga's hair was straight. It says his hair was kinky. What in the Bible states that his his skin was white? His the Bible says uh, his skin was uh, was brown. Uh, where he was born. Just look at the history of the people of of the area where they say Jesus or God, whatever the fuck, was born. Is there's dark skinned people there in that in that region? And the region is in Africa. So, religion is a propaganda where that where it was forced on uh, Africans to make them feel that they are that the pale skin is superior. Yes, let me tell you. Let me just tell you. Something. And until black people realize that and say, "Yo, you know what? This ain't our religion. This ain't for us. Fuck what y'all talking about." You know what I'm saying? That unity that you're talking about will never happen. Let me just tell you. They see my country, eh? I, I tell you this thing. I try not to, because religion has helped me in some times when I was in pain and suffering. It had given me hope. So I believe in God. But let me tell you a secret. In my country, every block, like every block, has like three churches. All the energy invested in religion, if because all the things they pray for, just imagine a bunch of guys, they live in a place, they're praying for water all the time. Oh, God, send us water so we can have water to drink. But <laughs> God has provided water on the ground. Inside their ground where they sleep, underground is water. So we just need technology to dig into it, pump the water out, store it, and distribute it. Storing it is not hard. Once you store water up in big cans and you put pipes on them, it's going to start distributing water in the neighborhood. That's not hard. The Romans did it ancient times, long time ago. But we still have people in some cities that have no water in Africa. Mm-hmm. So, but what I'm saying is that if the energy that is in Spain expanded in praying for water, if a bunch of people, that's why I tell you, I said we need a group of strong, there's strong men, the Africans, Nigerians, Africans are strong. But it's just that everybody is so focused on what's money. You see, when they go to parties, they start spraying money everywhere. Africans are ruled by that money, money. No, we need men who believe in a cause, who believe because it doesn't matter in religion, in every religion. Like once You see, in China, if you're religious, you can't become part of the Communist Party. The Communist Party is a group of people. A lot of the Chinese and Chinese people, they don't know what goes on in their country. If they are sent to go and work in Africa, they have to come home. 
They are not part of the Chinese party, the Chinese Communist Party. For you to become part of the Chinese Communist Party, you you have to be like you have to be like indoctrinated. So there's no religion. Go if you're you just, so we need men who understand the cause. The men, we need we we're gonna build men. Once we do that, the EFF, I believe, is the only party in Africa. Because the EFF is spreading. EFF is in a lot of countries. The EFF is a is a party that can unify the black man against colonialism. When it, when a member of the EFF comes to you, I've never met one. Well, let's this is rhetorical. Let me not rhetorical, but this <laughs> this is a if an EFF member comes up to you and be like. <laughs> You want to join us, and if he asks you a question, you just said you're religious and and God and all this other shit help you get through stuff. What if the EFN comes up to you and tells you why you, as a black African man, pray to the same God that the slave owner prays to? What would you say? Let me just tell you one thing about about I believe about God. No, 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 no. Answer that specifically. No, I'll tell you because I, I, my, my love, my love. How do you pray to the same God that the man that raped your woman, enslaved your son, beat you, hanged your brother, cut off his genitals, put his dick in his mouth? tarred and feathered your cousin when your daughter was born raped your daughter when she was 12 in front of you then raped your wife in front of you to emasculate you spit on your kids when you were trying to get an education bombed your house bombed the church that you niggas worshiped and praying to the same god that we pray to how do you sit and pray to that same god that i pray to answer me that let me just tell you one secret that man you just described right now is evil he doesn't believe in god because god has this commandment the 10 commandments that was in the bible released by moses he says thou shalt not kill Thou shalt not steal. All these commandments, if you read them, you will see that if a man truly believed in God, because this thing that you tell me, I read about it. I studied the history of African Americans and the way these people, the pain that, that's why I feel the pain that I feel. From when I studied African American history, and I felt that, that's it, I felt that these same humans continue, this group of people, it's not about the color of the skin. It's a group of people. I know why I emphasize this stuff. Because there's a group of people called the enslavers. The, every white man did not involve in slavery. There was even black men that were slavers, slave owners. So it's a group of people. These people are the capital. I'm not going to, they might not, it's not every capitalist that thinks that way. But there are people that worship money more than everything else. It's the same group of people. They rather spend trillions of dollars 
on earth to make it a better place, they want to explore Mars. It's the same group of people that will not pay their workers fairly. It's the same group of people that that just imagine the the the, the profits of other workers. They make $21 billion, but other workers can pay. It's the same group of people. They are buying up all the houses in America so your children cannot afford to buy a house. It's the same group of people. How much money can you have? It's the same group of people. So what I'm saying is that when you look, even the Bible tells you a greedy man can't a, a greedy man can't go to heaven. So that's this man that you just described right now. He does not believe in God. <laughs> yeah, you say that, but God is you you, you do understand that uh uh the, the Europeans brought Christianity to Africa before these niggas came on our shores were Africans praying to God let me just know that well, no yes or no yes or no no they were not yeah, oh God were they were no would were they praying to God and uh and the cross and all that shit no let's no so this religion was brought to Africa. Let me tell you what's it's not the original what Africans believe in. Religion came about in Europe. Religion religion started. Yo, the EFF after, after, the EFF is gonna fuck with you. They're gonna no kidnap you and no <laughs> no, no, no I'm coming. Let me tell you because you talking some crazy shit. Religion started in Europe. You're defending the these motherfuckers that no, you want to fight. No, against. I'm not defending anybody. I'm just telling you that. These are a group of people that the, the mind that you describe that does this thing to another human being doesn't believe in God because the God does not want, does not accept those things. Do you understand what I'm saying? And there was men that fought against this thing. There's men that fought people treating other human beings like this. Those are men that believe in God. So the God, the God, men, people who believe that God is Libra, people who believe that all men are the same, people who believe that all men have the right to pursue happiness, such people don't indulge in this kind of behavior. How about just believing to treat people with respect? Why does God have to do anything with anything? Okay. Just believe in, I believe in, being a good person, taking care of my family, treating you with respect, not raping women, not hitting women. I believe in uh, not killing you for no reason. I believe, uh, uh, well, I do believe an eye for an eye. I believe uh, the punishment should be the exact thing for the crime. Like simple shit. Why does fucking really just be a believe in being a good person? Why the fuck does God and religion uh, have to have to no, do with wait, being wait. a good person. No, wait, I'm coming. Let me just tell you, Whitey. Uh, understand one thing. They let me just give you an example. Like the the you're looking at the Jews. It's not all Jews that is involved in the war to protect the Jews. They have a synergy. There's a group of them that go around the world to ensure that every Jew is protected against all kind of so the, the what do they do the well Jew, do you do you know the black man is the original Jew 
No, you, know that? you see, I'm talking about yeah. Of course, the black man is everything. Everything started from even the the, the first Asians were mm -hmm. black were black men. So, but what I'm trying to make you understand that we need we need to build. We need. I keep saying this thing. Believe me, only until you and I understand, until we form a team, until we understand that together, only together, only together. Yeah. Until we understand that. Until Sounds it, nice. It's not, it does not, it does, it's the only way. The only way is a nigga like me go to Africa and I go to EFF headquarters. I'm like, yo, listen, I'm the leader now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the captain now. And I run Africa like on some dictatorship. That's the only way shit would change. It's because if you have too many no, hands in the if it's you have working. too many hands in the pot because you're gonna have you gotta have you gotta have all these people who you think are with the shit and then they're gonna they're gonna have secret motives niggas gonna be corrupt so you need one nigga to be like yo listen we go we gotta go back to the dictator's days <laughs> No, I don't. And we go to do that for twenty years, and then I'm gonna get Africa right, and then after that, I'm gonna retire, and then we can go back to elections and all that bullshit. No, but you know, it's it's not it's not what I'm saying is that we need to have a cause. We need to believe in that cause, and we need to connect with people who believe in that cause, and we're gonna spread the message, and that's what's gonna happen. That's the only way. I don't want to call it a dictatorship. I believe in. I'm a liberal. I believe that all men are born equal from the depth of my heart. I believe in the freedom of everyone, no matter what you're like, where you're born, the color of your skin and everything. I believe that everyone has the right to pursue happiness. And that's what I believe. But <laughs> if the only way, if the only way, because we must, we must start. Time is against us. We're the only place. Africa is the only place that you can build a modern society. Mm -hmm. Where all men are born free, where everyone, both men and women, everyone, ev that's the only place. African is the new world. That's the only place you can invest your money. That's the only place that we can we can grow food to feed the world. The African lands are still arable. We don't even need fertilizers. Yeah. Why are we trying to get food from Ukraine? So, but we need to, listen, we need to, I get keep saying it. Get ownership back. That's what yeah. That's all we need. And so, then you can start first. Well, you got to, it's steps. All that shit you talking, that's fine. Uh -huh. But the first step is get ownership back. Get ownership back of your land mm -hmm. and your resources, and then you can start doing all that shit you talking about. Because you can't do all that shit you talking about if you don't own nothing in no. your own country. No, but we need to be we to, we need to be organized first. That's why I said some the EFF. Every time I read, if you need to, okay, let me tell you why. One of the reasons in South Africa, just imagine, Nigerians are very crazy people. Wherever Nigerians go, you notice them because they, they try, to, they, because they work so hard, they dominate, you know. So they're in South Africa, in some of the South African systems, they're not afraid. Nigerians have never been colonized. I've been even colonized, but they have, they're not afraid of the white man. A Nigerian works so hard that he influences his environment. Wherever you find a Nigerian in every system, so they are in South Africa. They are selling drugs. They are doing all kind of things. They are making money, and they are very loud people. They just go to clubs and they make noise. They fuck South African women, South African women. So South Africans began to get mad. They are like, because they are timid. You know, they've been suppressed for so long, and so they are like, 
they want to kick South Nigerians out of their country. Mm. And this guy called Julius Malema, he asked them, he said, why is it your brother that you think is the problem? The white man oppresses you every day. The white man bought all your lands. And you're looking at your brother who's here. He's suffering like you. He tries, he tries to teach them. He say, all Africans are the same. Every time you hurt a black man, you don't matter where he come from. He's your brother. You're hurting yourself. And the question I ask you is, if someone was to tell me that, I'll be like, you fucking right. I believe you. I agree with you. I'm riding with you. So when you say a blanket statement like that, that's 100% true. There's no denying it. Why is it that these niggas still are with the shit against their own people? Is the cause. That's is the... Is the messaging? Is the is the is, you talk about it? You see how you see how you see the messaging? Like you see how the our, our music, like like you know R and B and all that stuff, it used to be beautiful music that talks about love and kindness. All of a sudden, the media's the paying rappers thousands of money to talk shit. The whole black man, the black man, an American black man. Niggas walk around with all their pants downstairs because everybody else. It, it feels like if you don't walk your pants, you, like, it's one way to sell records is to walk. So I don't want to go into all that stuff. <laughs> I don't want to. But they've damaged the black man. You know, what does it do? Our culture, the family. So, but you know, all that stuff is not something I want to go into. But what I'm saying is that we need to. We need to believe. We need to have a cause. We need to align ourselves to this cause that we need to protect. What's ours? And we need to love on each other. Let's stop here. All right. Um, do you want to tell the people where they can find you? You have social media? Yeah, I do. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm online. Uh, I'm a, I, have a, I do have an Instagram account. It's just Vincent Yagazier. That's me and Vincent. Nigga, ain't no one going to be able to pronounce that or spell it. So <laughs> spell it real quick. Okay, Vincent. Uh, it's just pictures. I, I don't, I'm not. Uh, it doesn't I, matter. Somebody can like reach out to you. Yeah, so but one way to reach out to me is LinkedIn. We are, we are working on, uh, try, we're forming companies in Africa, forming cooperatives, um, you know, forming groups of farmers because we actually believe that we can negotiate better price. We can we're able to they are able to affect their communities better if they work together as cooperatives. We can negotiate with banks to provide them better loans. We can we can we, they can sell their products in bulk. So we we're, we're forming cooperatives around Africa and we're looking for people, investors. We're called the companies um um Sagaso Worldwide Ghana Limited. And how does one do you know how to get in contact with the EFF? How does one join the EFF? I don't want to propagate. <laughs> <laughs> See, you can Google EFF. I'm not even a member of EFF. I'm just very, I just believe that. Oh, my God. EF, I just believe that EFF, because I believe that you can't be in this country and be a member of EFF. It's, it's not going to happen. Well, listen, I'm going to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. All you niggas out there listening, mm-hmm. if you want to be down with a cause, mm-hmm. If you have military experience, 
If you're ready to die and kill, join the EFF. Because we ain't taking no shit no more. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. (laughs) And however you find out where the EFF is, that's how you find out. (laughs) And we're going to leave it at that. This is Everyday Celebrity Podcast. And we are out. You...